This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another week of Can You Be More Pacific? Yes. We are your hosts. I'm Rock. And I'm Kevin. Together we are Rock, Rock and Cav. Cav. Talking all things sport across the Pacific. First and foremost, happy yes. International happy. Women's Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Monday, that was. Yeah. Um, coming up in the next hour, highlights and lowlights of the week, our top five. And we preview the NRL with the voice of Rugby League and... We have a report from Vanuatu. So much to get through. So little time. Alaska. Let us disembark. Can you be more Pacific? With Rock and Cav on ABC Radio Australia. Well, uh, Mr. Rock, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. How How's, are you? Yeah, yeah, well, I'm great. I'm great. How was your week? How's the uh, sleepless nights going? The week's been good, actually. <laughs> uh, the sleepless nights has been great. <laughs> Shout out to the missus for holding down the fort. Oh, man. You know, just power to her. I love her so much. I think I've had four hours sleep. Really? She's had 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> She's been holding down the fort. Oh, what about man. you? How's your week been? Oh, yeah, you know, sleepless nights. <laughs> just uh, thinking about the news. Oh, my gosh. Cameron Smith. You got has, a missus. Uh, oh, what? Oh, what? Cameron Smith. <laughs> oh, Cameron Smith retired. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, so Cameron Smith has retired. He's announced his retirement. Do you think it was like too early? Or About too, time. Too late? Oh. No, <laughs> Do you think it was too late? Uh, way too early. No, too late. No, too early. No, He's still got why? like another one and a half years in him. Yeah, how wrong were we thinking that he was going to go to the Titans? I know, right? Or Broncos. Well, well, well. I don't think he was going to come to Dragons, but that was way off. Yeah, right. But um, do you think he had another year in him? Or Easily. You, I reckon he chose the wrong time to announce his retirement. Yeah, <laughs> post-COVID. <laughs> he should have just announced it at the grand final, you know? Yeah, true. They eh? win, lift up the trophy, and then he just grabs his boots and throws it on the floor <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I quit. Boot drop. Yeah, boot drop instead of the mic drop. Just a boot drop in the middle of the field. Not the booty yeah. drop, the boot the drop. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> boot drop. Yeah, oh, just a boot drop. The legend himself, you know, calls yeah. quits. Good on him for yeah, walk away for with paving his the health. way for you know young kids out there trying mm. to be in his position. Ah, oh, it's crazy, man. He's had a great career. Goat. Uh, Would you put him in the goat uh, uh, department? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I One of too. the all-time greatest. Easy. I reckon. Is he immortal? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Easy. Even though he's a Queenslander, whatever. But ugh. Ugh. I know, right? <sighs> anyway. But yeah, he should be up there. Congratulations, Cam Smith. Yeah. Cameronie uh, Smith. Yeah, I hope you're <laughs> listening to this. Uh, we love you. Yeah. But so, not as a Queenslander. If you need a job, we're not hiring. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rockin' Cats Plays of the Week. My boy, Samu Karebi, oh, killing yeah. it in Japan. Yeah. He plays for Santori San Goliath. Yes. And they defeated Manukata Senex Blues. Wow, that, it looks yeah. like a cricket score, 75-10. Yes, it was a cricket score, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of sixes everywhere. <laughs> so Sami Karevi scored two tries. So it was a dream uh, matchup with the All Blacks playmaker Bowden Barrett. Yeah. Um, I saw that little social media post that they put up when he, he was holding the ball. Yeah. For him. I mean, what an honour, right? I know. Jeez. But I, I got confused because there's three of them. I don't know which Barrett was playing there. So. The one that used to play for All Blacks. <laughs> 
It says right there, mate. Come yeah, on. I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the Super Rugby. Yeah, oh, Super Rugby Australia, three. round three. Western Force defeat the Waratahs 26 Okay, let's just have a little little snippet about Waratahs. Uh, <sighs> Man, what, what, do you reckon they're like a, a bulldog phase? I mean, a re- rebuilding stage? Yeah, I really do think they're the Dragons phase. Um, <laughs> <coughs> rebuilding phase. Uh, <laughs> Man, I, I don't know if this is a trial game or if this is like round three because I don't think they've won a game yet. No, they haven't. They haven't. And they've lost by a big margin like in Waratahs. all three games. Except and you know for, what's even worse? It's our producer's favourite team. It is too. <laughs> She's giving us a look. Uh, yeah. Hell no. <laughs> She's cutting that out. <laughs> but uh, what do you what do you reckon they should do? Um, do better. <laughs> <laughs> They're not doing enough. Uh, Far out. Do better, mate. Do you reckon they'll keep the coach? Uh, look, they should just have like a real bu- rebuilding stage. <laughs> Rebuilding stage uh, appointment. <laughs> I, re- uh, I reckon I'll give them to about ri- uh, round six or round seven. Until they call it quits? No, nah, until the coach calls it quits. <laughs> go, oh, there's, no, there's no fixing this. I'm oh going. Oh, my gosh. Moving on to Brumbies and Melbourne Rebels. Um, Brumbies defeated uh, Rebels 27-24. Close game. Yes. Close game. Very close game. Mm. Rebels' only scores came from Matt Tumua. Yeah, eight penalties. So Eight penalty goals. Yeah, so he pretty much lost the game for him last week and then <laughs> made up for it by kicking eight goals this week. Wow. So it's come to the second game in a row where they've been in it and then lost it at the end. You know what I mean, in it? In it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, they're, they're not a, I don't know, you can say they're not an 80-minute team. More... True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're running a sprint in a marathon, you reckon? Ah, come on. Talk bro. to me. Come someone. On. Just something. Anyone. They, they need to listen to this right come now. Come on. We speak facts. Just facts. Nothing Just but facts. facts. But unfortunately for our boy, Alan Alalatoa, he has been hit with a three-week ban for a dangerous tackle. Spewing. Yeah, that tackle was uh, on Pone Fa'amasuli, mm. um, who What's came out and cast up after that, so... Yeah, yep. quick recovery for him and uh, good luck on your three-week band, Alan. <laughs> Sprints all week. <laughs> Hard. Uh, and yeah, that three-week, uh, it was actually supposed to be six weeks, but it was reduced due to a clean judicial record. So it was a bit lucky and unlucky for him at the same time. Yeah. Unlucky. Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, moving on to Super Rugby Aotearoa. Oh, no offense, but the real rugby. Wow. Man. I'm just saying right now. Rock said it. I said it. Rock said it. Their yep. their, their games has Wait, been unbelievable. How good are they, bro? That is running rugby. That that's, that's what that rugby should. should Sydney, oh, like Australia, should be at right now. The you way New Zealand, New Zealanders are playing. Playing, yeah, yeah. You know what? Like um, Super Rugby in, in Australia is kind of starting to play like European rugby, yes. where it's a lot of penalties. Ex- yes. You know what I mean? Sucks. And then it shows in the Wallabies game. You know what I mean? And like put two and two together, people. Oh. Come on, put two and two <laughs> together. Man, we ask questions <laughs> and we answer questions. Man, man. So the Highlanders defeated the Chiefs thirty nine twenty three. Yep. So yeah, one of the standout performers for the Highlanders that I really enjoyed watching was Chona Nareki. Uh, he went over for three tries. Frizzell over for one. Tyson Frizzell. Uh, no, his older brother. Oh, okay. Frizzell Frizzell. <laughs> <laughs> Frizzy Frizzle <Yeah. laughs> And Fakatava 
who also went over for a try. Man, I think if um, Chononoreki keeps playing like the way he did on the weekend, he could be... Uh... Playing for Fiji All Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> the Pacific Island All Blacks. Because <laughs> everyone uh, yeah. would want him. Man, like there was a lot of raps going for Chononoreki. Like, um, His speed was crazy bro, on the game. And the way day. he was breaking the line Easy. and running lines... Bras. No one could tackle him like the way uh, you know. No one could tackle Dado. Dado. Yeah, True? that's who he exactly. was getting. Like they just slipped off him. Yeah, they were comparing him to him to Dado. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, on the Sunday afternoon, Crusaders defeated Hurricanes thirty-three sixteen. Smashing! Wow. So Cody Taylor went over for two tries, and Richie Moanga went over for one. So Crusaders, they always start off slow, and then they come home strong, and you know they're always there. In the finals. So they are too. They uh, run a marathon, unlike other teams <laughs> running sprints. Wink, wink. Moving on. To the yes. boxing. Oh, our, my gosh. Yeah, our boy Willis Meehan. Mate, uh, unstoppable. Oh, heavyweight bout. It was fought in Melbourne, and he won via TKO in the first round. Uh, he improves his record to 10-0, and and he's beat his old man's former opponent. Put him away in the first round. Yeah, imagine being beat by your old opponent's son. Your old opponent's son. I know, right? I mean, like, shout out to him for jumping in the ring yeah. in the first place, you know? But um, so I should I think, just take that back. Sorry. I think he's put the boxing, like, heavyweight boxing world on notice after that win. He should take on uh, Paul Gallen. Oh, are you serious, bro? What do you reckon? No chance. Why? He will. Oh. He will kill Paul Gallen? Yeah, it'll be a uh, murder. <laughs> 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 oh man Look out for Willis Meehan yeah. He's up and coming Like he's been in the game For six years Yeah He's been on and off But now um, I think he's Starting to come back Yeah After the hug fest he's We got, saw two weeks ago got, Oh um, Don't so, get me started Yeah uh, So Joe's he's, still heated About that hug fest <laughs> So yeah So much so That he called up Willis And Willis made a comeback So <laughs> See but uh, yeah, moving on to the AFLW and Carlton Blues defeated Geelong Cats 64-31. Uh, Moa Laloifi had 10 disposals. Yes. yes. Uh, just for everyone out there, uh, Kev, what is a disposal? So, uh, so she got rid of the ball successfully. That's what a disposal is. Yeah, what does she do? She just passed it over? or? Oh yeah, just like passed it over. Oh, like, like Just that. like that? Yeah. Oh, so that's what a disposal is. Yeah, that's what a disposal is. you learn something new every day. I know, right? Yeah. Get it through your head. Probably the worst explanation, but yeah, it is what it (laughs) is. No, it's it's AFL uh, AFL rules for dummies. (laughs) (laughs) What? AFL rules for dummies. That's what it is. Yes. AFL rules for dummies. Our producer. It could be a handball or a kick. You. Not just a... See? You don't know nothing. You said you're all about the facts. That's what that was. It was a handball or a kick. Oh, so that symbolizes. Yeah. Oh, and that's, that's what the ball sounds like when she's kicking it or passing it. <laughs> Get out of here. You're unbelievable. <laughs> Can you be more specific with Rock and Calf? On ABC Radio Australia. All right, guys, uh, we haven't seen him all summer, but the goatest of the goat is in the building. With yes, us we today. said it. The goatest of the goats. The goat himself, half Fijian, half amazing, and half man. <laughs> Where? Mr. Andrew Sotale, <laughs> a.k.a. Andrew Moore. Welcome. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Three halves make up a hole, right? Yeah. How are you, mate? You boys haven't changed really, really well. Can't wait for the footy to get underway. <laughs> oh man, how was your summer? Do you know what? It ended up being busy. We're doing a lot of cricket. So Yeah, you look like yeah, you got yeah. a bit of a tan there. <laughs> yeah, that's from just hanging outside in the pool, just chilling. <laughs> You're almost as dark as us. Yeah, uh, well, do you know what? I should have brought a photo in. There's one when I was at Matamanoa Island, Ooh. which Ooh. years ago before we had kids because I think it's still an adult-only island, <laughs> and it certainly was that trip. But in the end, there was one day where they had a chief for the guests and I was anointed chief for the guests, oh, wow. Chief Adriel, and... The photos of me, you couldn't pick me out from the Fijians. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. We'd been there a couple of weeks at that point. How good's that? Oh, I'm yeah. going to start calling you Chief now. Yeah, I think you should. Oh, okay. Ratu? Is it? Yeah, Ratu. Come uh, on, yeah. man. You, oh, you, man. Are you serious? It's better than Goatest of the Goats or whatever you I don't know. Goatest of the Goats is pretty no, good. That, that's yeah. in here. When we walk out, you're, you're Ratu. Okay, good. I like it. I have to tell, tell the team. Exactly. Everyone. Yep. So, Andrew, um, the season obviously starts this week. It does. Are you excited or what? Yeah, I'm pumped now. And the first game is going to be beauty, Melbourne and South Sydney in Melbourne. And the Storm, the defending champions, and South Sydney, the team anything can win the comp. But it's amazing going into this game. Craig Bellamy, who's Melbourne coach since 2003, has never lost in the first round. Ever. Really? Never. And do you know how often South have beaten Melbourne in Melbourne? Never. <laughs> so what I'm saying is get on the storm. Bingo. Unless you're... A... Oh, you're not throwing that at me already. <laughs> Damn. I had to throw it in. Okay, you've gone early with that. Yes. You've, you've got it off before fest. I have. Roast fest today. Wow. We were just talking before in the car. Do you reckon um, Joseph Suwali? We should have done it in the car. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Should have. Next yep. time, yeah, we'll drive Next around time. and ask each other questions. <laughs> I want to be a fly in the wall there. <laughs> well, just send me the tape. That's fine. <laughs> Joseph Suwali. Joseph Suwali. Do you reckon he should debut before he's um, 18? Or? I do not. I'm sorry to be a party yeah, pooper. But I they, agree. They brought in that rule for a reason, that you need to be 18, and that's because of the the damage, for want of a better word, it's done to players who have debuted as 17-year-olds and 16-year-olds in the past. It's not that he may be too young mentally or physically, but some players are. So I think you've got the rule in there for a reason. I don't think you can just pick and choose just because he's so exciting a talent. And for people that don't know him, he was a rugby star at school, multiple sports star at school, basketball, rugby league, and he was a big tug of war last year for his services. The hype about him after one reserve grade trial Mm. is, to me, unprecedented. It's crazy, right? And he scored two tries and defended pretty well. Clearly a great talent, but no is the answer to the question. I don't think they should mess with that rule. Like I say, they brought it in for a reason, and I think once you start picking and choosing... It's fraught with danger. So as eager as I am to see Joseph Sawali in first grade, I'd much rather wait till he was 18. That's a good point. I totally agree with you. We're, we're lockstep together. See, Very good out. point. I spent some time with captains last week at a function and I was talking to Jake Friend about Joseph Sawali. They've got some really talented youngsters at, uh, at the Roosters. I think the first one we'll see emerge is Sam Walker, who is Ben Walker's son, who played for Brisbane and Manly and Northern Eagles, a number of clubs. Um, and for Queensland and Australia, and he is a super talented half. Mm. But it's exciting to see young talent that generate headlines that makes everyone feel good about life. So I hope we see Joseph Suwali as soon as he's 18 and, and he's good enough to adapt to first grade straight away. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's news about the Warriors yeah. putting a bid on $2 million to have uh, their uh, games at home. 
next 22 year. Rounds? 20 rounds? Yeah, in 20 2022. Rounds. Yeah, So the news came through the other day that they're now stuck in Australia until at least round 16. Wow. Mm. Um, speaking to Roger Tuivasa-Sheck last week, he was he did it tough last year because he's got two very young children at home. You know what that's like. Oh, and, yeah. And... Uh, and exactly what it's like. He missed he missed things, first words and all that sort of thing while he was oh, away. Man. It was really tough for him. The family's been with him, but they've been in Tamworth since the first of January. So they've already, you know, been out here for two or three months. And now they're here till at least round sixteen because of a COVID outbreak in Auckland. So I think a great idea is for them to be allowed to play every single game next year in Auckland. I think that would be a wonderful thank you to them yeah, for the exactly. sacrifice they've made individually and as a club. And I'm not sure anyone will argue against it. No. Yeah. And I, you know, you got to pay for clubs to get there, I suppose. But I hope it doesn't cost them any money either, no, because yeah. they're on a reclamation act to get their fans back to games. It'll be the best part of two years mm. uh, since they've played at home, um, assuming they do get back for round 16, which I hope they do. But in the meantime, they'll be in Gosford, where they played really well last year, and I, I hope the people of the Central Coast of New South Wales support them big time this year. I was looking at that that article. It came up on on Facebook or whatever, and I think a lot of people were on the same page. They think it, it'll be like a good uh, thank you from the NRL. But yeah. At the same time, I think they shouldn't have put in the bid in the first place. I, I reckon. I mean, it should be a gift. Yeah, it should be a gift. Yeah. Exactly. It should be a thank you from the NRL and from every club for keeping the season. And, going. and I think if it turns out that everyone agrees, that's probably what it will be. Yeah. Um, the only issue is paying for clubs to travel there that wouldn't normally need to. So does the NRL fund that? Do the Warriors fund that? Either way, it doesn't matter. But I think it, it would be a great gesture um, to say thank you. And, again, I don't think it's something that anyone could argue against, especially if they're stuck out here for the majority of this year. True. Which it looks so, like being the case. Yeah. What player are you, like, most excited to, to watch this year? Oh, that's a big question. Apart from Tino Fatsua Malawi. Oh, oh, get his name right if you right, say it. I'm sorry. It, right. I buckled. I looked at him and I buckled. Oh. I thought you, you could have gone with Tino. No, no but I want to impress you with the... the... <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't work. No, I, I was very pleased. We had Tino on our rugby league program last year when he was with the Melbourne Storm, and I said, please tell me it's Tino Fasua Malawi, because we had had audio of him saying his name, and that's where we took it from. And he said, yes, you've got it right. Big time. See? Unlike you just then. I know. I punch the air. But what a great character. Yeah, he was on the show last, uh, yeah, last I week, actually. I know. Very well aware he is of his a. Good guy, great terrific guy. young player. Yes. Gosh. Um, He's only 21. Great yeah. boxer. Yeah. What? Great boxer. <laughs> great boxer? Payne Haas wasn't ready, by the way, so. What? Origin. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. With Tina. Who did he have the stouch with? Payne Haas. Payne Haas. Oh, of course, you just mentioned <laughs> How am I going? I, talk to me about 80s footy. I remember it last November. No chance. But he, he emerged. <laughs> he emerged as a... A really powerful force in that Melbourne Storm side, the, the extent we saw him in State of Origin for, for Queensland, and that will grow as part of the Gold Coast Titans, where they're building up tremendously well, and Tino's going to be a huge part of that. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to seeing the continued development of someone like Nathan Cleary, who I thought last year by far and away had his most consistent and, and um, elite season. He's still filthy about grand final day. And he didn't have a tremendous state of origin series in the 2-1 loss to Queensland. So I think he'll come into the season with a chip on his shoulder again. But he and Jerome Luo were such an exciting halves combination last year. And that left side for Penrith, I know this is, I'm becoming very Penrith-oriented here, of Viliami Kikau, 
and Stephen Crichton. I mm. can't wait to see that continued development yes, because yeah. they were so potent last year. So they've, they've had to let a few go. Penrith like Josh Mansour and James Tarmow, who's now captain of the West Tigers. But I still think they're in for a great season. But there's so many stars. Ryan Pappenhausen. I, oh, he gets oh, yeah. more exciting every year. Um, I can't wait to see him play again this year. He's one of those players that you'd happily pay to go watch, yeah. whether you follow Melbourne or hate Melbourne. Wouldn't matter. He's just He transcends it all. Um, because we've got James Tedesco still at the Roosters and Charles Nickel Clockstead at Canberra. We've got some great fullbacks in the game. And Ryan Pappenhausen is right up there. I, he's as exciting a player as there is in the game for me. Well, what are your thoughts on the um, All-Stars game? We called that. I loved it. It was so fast. Um, I think Townsville is the perfect place for it. It seems to mesh between the cultures beautifully up there in North Queensland and they had 20,000 people turning up there. So good. Um, it meant so much to the players. Those... Uh, dances they put on before the game had p- goose pimples up your arms and the hair standing up on the back of your neck and the players put so much thought into them and did it with so much passion. Latrell Mitchell emerging from the Indigenous All-Stars, a uh, little huddle down at one end of the ground was something else. Isaac Luke's Gene Simmons-like tongue oh. uh, <laughs> coming out for Uncle the Maori All-Stars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he could fit straight into Kiss, no problem at all, Isaac Luke. <laughs> but just the, the passion of it all and the speed that that game was played at and what it means to the players. Like they've finally got this concept right over the last few years um, because it started off NRL All-Stars against Indigenous All-Stars. This is the right mix, I think, anyway, the, the Maori All-Stars against Indigenous All-Stars. It meant so much to all the players and they put on a show. These guys hadn't played this year. And the game was played at quicker than breakneck speed. It was something. I really loved it, yeah. I thought Benji really um, uh, fitted in into um, that side. Yeah. For, Benji's going to fit in anyway, though, old, isn't he? Old follower. 19 seasons, now with South. He'll come off the bench for the Bunnies and be cover if Cody Walker or Adam Reynolds goes down. And he's still – he's not brilliant every week these days, but his leadership around the place, he's such a mature footballer these days as opposed to young Benji that was flying, you know, throwing magic flick passes in grand finals 15, 16 years ago. He's going to be huge for South Sydney, as he was in, in that game a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. Do you think, um, uh, like Willie Mason said, uh, they should have a Pacific Island All-Stars team? Um, oh, I wouldn't object to it. I w- what I would like to see, I can't remember whether we talked about this last year, and we've spoken to a number of Tongan players and Samoan players and Fijian players about this over the last few years. What I'd love to see, much like the British and Irish Lions, is that once every three or four years we get a combined Pacific Islands team touring Australia or touring New Zealand or Mm. vice versa, Australia going over, playing one test in Tonga, one in Samoa, one in Fiji, whatever the case may be, one in PNG. I think that would be huge and it doesn't take away the individuality of Tonga that need to have their own test matches, likewise Samoa, Papua New Guinea, Fiji, but once every four or five years, I think a combined Pacific Island team playing against Australia or New Zealand or or Great Britain, to me, that's the way to go. Mm. I don't think we probably should have more than one of these games in a pre-season. So whether you adjust the Maori team to accommodate other Pacific Island nations, maybe that can be tinkered with. I'm not too sure. But to me, the big one would be a combination Pacific Island team going on a big tour once every four or five years. I think that would be huge. Would you like to see that? Yeah, I'd love to see that. Definitely. Yeah, all the players I've spoken to about it, uh, Andrew Fafita among others, uh, yes, let's do it. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. Good concept for the game. I think it'd sell out wherever it went. Yeah, hundred percent. It'd be huge. People would pay to go see all these superstars in one place. Of course they would. Well, but 
Tonga's crowds. I've been to the two tests they played against oh, Australia and amazing, right? Auckland. Um, one at Eden Park, where uh, at the first one at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland, where it was a sellout, and every jersey bar one was red. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. Yeah. Walking to and from the ground, you had to get out of the cab like two k's away. <laughs> Which you know only took me a minute and a half to walk. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's red everywhere, and walking to find a cab two k's away after the game, and you're surrounded by red. And there was one kangaroo jersey, the green and gold, and I thought, oh god, he's in for a nightmare. <laughs> of Australia had won that night, by the way. But there was such good natured ribbing; it was fantastic. And then to be in Auckland in 2019 at um, Eden Park, where Tonga beat Australia, yeah. it was unreal. It's the first time I've ever, in my heart of hearts. Hoped for Australia to get beat. Yeah, I, I didn't want them to lose, but I did want Tonga to win, and the way they held on was something I'll never forget. So we need we need to keep after last year. There was no international footy. We need to make sure that that momentum that had been gained with the Pacific Islands continues. And I would love it to be more broad than that and, and introduce a, an all Pacific team. I think that would be something. Yeah, would be great. Yeah, be a fair side. Yeah, oh, man, the talent. Yeah, jeez. I mean, that would be some big names. It'd be a great side. So Cav was um, saying in the car, uh, have you bought any shirts lately? Me? For yeah. the season? I ha- Do you know I haven't? So all my crap flowery shirts, <laughs> which I love, and, you know, I buy a lot of them in places like Fiji. Excuse uh, us? Very flowery. <laughs> because I haven't been able to get to Fiji because of the rotten, dirty COVID um, and travel bans and everything, I haven't really, but I've still got you know, hours before the season starts. But I'm sure I can find a store where they've got <laughs> cheap, colourful shirts and I will build them up, but I haven't yet. Would you ever wear matching? No. Shirt and, and shorts? No. And, and shoes? No. Is the answer no? Is it not something you can we comprehend? We don't take or? no for an answer oh, here. Can you be more Pacific? Yeah. More we sp- take yes, 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 when? More Pacific. <laughs> um, last year we did a country grand final in Maitland in Newcastle. It was the local Newcastle grand final. And there were all these, there was a group of about 20 people. In, Standard. Uh, they weren't the onesies, but there was the colourful shirt matching the, the shorts or yeah. pants. And I've looked around at one point during a news break, during our coverage, and said, nice job, boys. And I'm like, we're wearing this for you. I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay, you're all like-minded lunatics. I love it. But I haven't, <laughs> nor will I ever go to that extreme. See, you need to repay them back by wearing your own. Look, I love them dearly, and I'm sure they're all listening to this program. <laughs> but it stood out because they were unique in their little group together. It was fabulous. What are you most looking forward to uh, for this season? I'm looking forward to the games themselves. I, I think the speed of the game is going to be quite something mm. with these rule changes that have gone on. And without going into chapter and verse, they're going to be Less scrums, more changeovers for things. I know that some players do have some concerns about the speed and the fatigue later in games um, leading to increased injuries, and we did see a bit of that last year. However, the players have had a full off-season to get used to this new idea, and looking at some of them last week at this function I was at, some of them look really slender, and they've changed the way they do their preseason training, a much more aerobic fitness. They're still tough and strong and all of that, but they have trained specifically for faster games. And I think games will be significantly faster. I think the great games we see this year are going to be something we've never seen before in mm. terms of the speed and the intensity and the fatigue at the end of games and the way little halfbacks are going to find gaps like they, they once had to when there were no four replacements only in games. I think that's what I'm most excited about, just seeing how the game develops with the speed because one thing I really agree with the Australian Rugby League Commission Chair Peter Volandis about when he made some changes during the COVID break last year 
was that the game is not the good spectacle it should be. And that's what he's hearing from everybody, fans and broadcasters and players, that the game has, has become so defence-oriented. And I know Matt Elliott, my old colleague, interviewed a whole series of coaches two years ago about what's next for the game, and they all said the same thing. Now defence has been perfected so much. The next evolution is how attack changes and we can bring that side of the game more to fruition. And I think we started to see that last year and I think we're going to see that exponentially this year. So that's probably what I'm most looking forward to seeing. Yeah, you're talking about your, um, your, your ex-colleague, Matt, uh, Matthew Elliott. sad. Has he, uh, has he messaged you back and goes, oh, is there any opening? Uh, well, he'll <laughs> get one on. soon enough if they keep going like they did in the charity what, shield. What, what, what team is he coaching at? So Matthew Elliott is assistant coach at St. George Illawarra. Now, after they got walloped from breakfast to dinner time in the charity shield at Mudgee, I text him saying, you the defensive coach, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> it took a few days before I got a response, no, I'm in charge of attack. I'm like, that's all right, that was crap too. So. Um, but the proof will be in the pudding. Like To me, about the Dragons, I think they're a really ordinary roster. Some it, people still yeah. want to tell you they're a good yeah. roster. I think they're an ordinary roster that Anthony Griffin, their new head coach, has inherited and their assistants, Matty Elliott and Peter Gentle, who's got great experience and coached Brisbane in the last few games of last season. So I think whatever happens, it's going to take time. I think they're more likely to finish bottom three than anywhere near the eight. Oh, come on. <laughs> there You're is. listening, Matthew. Well, there it is. Rebuilding stage. No, what I'm there doing is, is lowering the pressure on him, lowering the bar. Yeah, that's right. So they finish 12th. Might be one better than we thought. We're you know what? Go. As long as we're on top of Bulldogs, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I will miss. I will miss Matt desperately. We can talk about the Bulldogs if you want to. Oh uh, yeah, let's talk about Bulldogs. Well, sure. you talked about uh, the fast uh, the pace of the game. Oh. Have you trained uh, for the fast pace of the game? Do it? you know what? My first training was doing <laughs> that All Stars game. Man, I was so pooped at the end of that. <laughs> Fair thing. At half time, I. Was, I was blowing hard. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that was a wake-up call. And week one, calling four games so with a bit of travel involved. So, yeah, look at me next Monday morning. I could just be, you know, crashed out on the floor. That's why you're the, desk. the goatest of the, the goats. The goatest of the goats. I Come love on, that. You, you can be a rapper after this season. Yeah, still, Ratu, I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's so fast. And there's... I was t- talking to someone the other day who wanted to get back into league calling after some 25 years of doing other things. And I'm thinking... It's hard from one year to the next because it gets so quick. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how you go after 25 years off doing it, but it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. It'll be fun. Yeah. We'll be right. A few games in. We. You. Yeah, me. <laughs> now, we as well. We'd love to. We. We're a team. Yeah, we'd love yeah, to join. Yeah, one. One. yeah that won't happen. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. sorry. No. Can't happen. No, let's talk about Bulldogs though. Yeah, sure. Uh, what do you reckon yeah, about Bulldogs this year? Let's. What do I think about? I yeah. think the Bulldogs, well, they have to be better. Oh, yeah. I still think, if we're being honest here, around our Carver Bowl, that there is a big question mark over Trent Barrett as a coach. He was really? not good at Manly for a variety of reasons that he claims he's addressed, but I still think he needs to prove that. Um, very good assistant coach, and everyone at Penrith in their grand final run last year will tell you that he played a significant role. But there are many who have been really good assistant coaches and who remain that way who haven't been able to make the step up for whatever reason to being the head coach. Very different responsibilities. And I think Trent Barrett still needs to prove that. Now, they have improved their roster, there's no doubt. Nick Chotrich, I don't see as a regular centre. I think he'll end up on the wing, even if they start him in the centres. I still, It is a compromised lineup. I still don't think it's a great roster. I think they should be better than... It's last weird. Year. It's a weird roster. Yeah. If anything. Fun fact. Yes. Dragons never beat us last year. 
Well, I wouldn't write home about that too much. But, <laughs> Look, do you know what my answer to that? Do you know what went through my head when you said that? The actual words that went through my was, melon was whoop-de-doo. <laughs> I was waiting for you to go, you know what? You are the greatest club in history of NRL. <laughs> well, do you know, I grew up a Mad Canterbury fan. Oh. My grandfather, my late grandfather, watched every game they played from 1935 when they entered the comp. At Belmore? Oh, wherever they played in 1935. It'll surprise you if no, I wasn't around. They were Sydney Bulldogs. Are you kidding? <laughs> it was a sellout every game, 50,000 people. <laughs> well, that was the year they got beat 91 to 7 Nobody or something. For 71. That. <laughs> yes, I remember that game. Do you? Yeah, you wow. were there in spirit. <laughs> but, yeah, so I grew up a mad Canterbury fan. It was only the whole Super League fiasco that I kind of – lost touch with them all and haven't really got it back. But I'd love to see them strong again because they are one of those clubs that generate a lot of interest when they're going well. Well, I'm not sure it'll be 2021. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Are you confident? I am very confident. What's their ceiling this year? Every year. year, Every year uh, I'm confident. Top eight, I reckon. So you know, Judson. From the bottom. (laughs) Upside down. Yeah. (laughs) The upside down eight. Yeah. They'll be there, baby. (laughs) You reckon they'll honestly play finals footy? See that pause? There's yeah. nothing there. No, the answer's no. It's we're, big we're driving around in your Mercedes Benz <laughs> before this show. You wouldn't even be saying then, yeah, they'll make it. We'll be doing burnouts come September. <laughs> oh, they might be doing burnouts come June. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Enough it's of it. the Bulldogs. Yeah, All right. I agree. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, um, what team do you see making the, the eight this year? Very interesting because we – I was looking at this the other day. The teams that made the eight last year, who could drop out and allow someone in? Now, I think Gold Coast Titans could well make the eight this year. At the expense of whom, I'm not sure. I think I've got my doubts about Cronulla this year, but I had my doubts about them last year, and they, they still made the finals. And like many, they dealt with some injury things. But if if one was to change, I'd say the Titans might replace the Sharks. Mm. Um I'm not sure that I see definite finals for other teams. I do think the West Tigers will get better. And I think in James Tarmow, they have the best leader that you could get at that club. Um, How they respond, there's all sorts of talk always with Michael Maguire's coach about how happy players are and training regimes and all the rest of it. But I do think they can improve, at least to get back to their standard ninth, which they (laughs) used to hold every year until last year where they dip below that. But I think they could be an interesting team. I like Manly starting 17, but I don't think they've got depth and they missed the finals last year. Tom Trebojevic is already going to miss the first few rounds. So they're compromised there. I think they're, their top 17 is capable of playing finals footy, but I, I don't think they have the depth. So I'm really only prepared to go out in a limb and say Gold Coast Titans are in there. And if Cameron Smith ends up playing and plays for them, that could elevate them to a top four chance in my book. They've improved a lot. Fun Do fact. you reckon he will? I've got no idea. I hope he does. Big Tin, I played with um, Cam Smith last year. Yes. And didn't he tell you that he'll be back? <laughs> he's confident he'll yeah. be playing. Uh, he's living up on the Gold Coast. Exactly. I still think deep down he'll play, but probably not till around 6, 8, 10, something like that. And if he goes to a club like the Gold Coast, assuming they get off to a decent start, and I think the signs were there last year under the new coach, Justin Holbrook, that this is a vastly improved squad with a culture that's going the right direction and it desperately needed to happen. That you throw someone like Cam Smith in there, apart from the fact after 430 games he remains an elite player, the leadership mm. he would offer and taking that whole group to a new level in terms of expectations on and off the field, I think would be massive for them. Mal Meninga put up a statement that he definitely won't be at Gold Coast. Don't believe Mal. Yeah? Well, I do, but I really love Mal. I'm only being flippant, but... 
I don't think you'd want to say anything that would, if there's any talk going on that would put prejudice. So is that a sign that he is going to Gold Coast? I've got no idea. I honestly, I'm going to ask Big Tino actually. I reckon. Message him. Even well, you message your new best friend Tino, but because I don't reckon, I still don't even see you now. (laughs) I don't reckon Cam Smith yet knows what he's doing this year. Yeah, do you reckon age is getting to him? (laughs) No, I reckon. (laughs) I spoke. I spoke to him before Origin three last year. And my theory is this. I'm fascinated by retirements and why athletes decide to retire because everyone's got a different story. Um, Mark Riddell was playing a game. He'd come back from England. He was playing for the Roosters against Melbourne in Melbourne and they were getting beat by 20 points or whatever and he'd made three tackles in a row, which is unlike Piggy. Love you, mate. (laughs) Um, In the last 10 minutes or so. And after he got up from the third one, he's jogging back and he said to himself, what the hell am I doing here? I'm done. And that was the last game he ever played. That was wow. it. He made that decision on the field. That's exactly what we said. Now look at us. Someone, yes. <laughs> what, Bulldogs? <laughs> what, you mean Bulldogs? Someone Retire, like retired from top Greg, eight. Greg Alexander was playing in what turned out to be his last year, and he was negotiating to play one more year with Penrith. And they were playing the Dragons, and Darren Tracy elbowed him in the head. And when he was down on the ground, you know, <laughs> stars in his eyes, Tracy called him an old so-and-so and that you're too old for this game, got up and Brandy, instead of getting angry, said, you're right. And that was it. Decided wow, I'm done. Like so I get fascinated by that. But anyway, I put that to Cam Smith in November before last year's third Origin game. I said, is it just that you've been waiting for this moment of clarity that I'm done? For a lot of players, they don't want the preseason. They like to play, but they don't want to do a preseason mm-hmm. anymore. So maybe Cam's found a way around it. But I said, you've just been waiting for that moment and everyone's talking to you about it, but it hasn't arrived yet. He said, yeah, it hasn't. He's spoken to Billy Slater and Paul Gallon and all these people about how they came up with the decision to retire. Luke Lewis had coffee with me in 2018, his last year, and was asking me, what do you think I should do? I'm half thinking about it. Will there be a role in the media? Blah, blah, blah. I said, Louis, the fact that you're talking about it means you're retiring. Mm. But only you can decide that. And if the desire is there to the point where you're thinking about it, you're probably there. And that turned out to be the case with him. I don't think Cam's had that moment. And I think he's been waiting for it because he's, what, 37, 38. He's not he's, being he's at the Melbourne Storm anymore. Plus 10. Plus 10. Yeah. He's, wow. He's got to be close to So he's 50s. almost as old as me. <laughs> Surely. We look very similar too in athleticism <laughs> and yeah, ability to bounce back. So I'd love to still see him play because last year for the Storm, he was still outstanding and he was the captain of the Premiership winning team. So he still has a lot to offer for another year or two and I'd love to see it at the Gold Coast. True. Now, um, there's one thing. He's not I've... going to the Bulldogs, he told me that. He wishes. Mm. We have a lot of money, but not for him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I f- forgot to ask the the women's yes the women's uh, NRLW yes do you think um, the sevens girls should come back and play another season s- seeing how they went so well last year I'd love to see it Charlotte Kaslick was mm. incredible for the couple of games she played for the Roosters I interviewed her on the field after the game in Canberra her first game of rugby league and she was terrific uh, made 150 meters or whatever the stats were and she wasn't sweating like. It's so different to playing yeah. seven-a-side mm. rugby where she's excelled, watching Ilya Green playing um, for the Warriors and numerous other players. I hope we see it. Now, they've got the Tokyo Olympic Games this year, but the Women's Rugby Union World Cup, 15-a-side, has been postponed until next year. So I think that may pave the way for some after the Olympics to still pick up NRLW contracts. The answer is yes. Mm. I'd love to see it because I think they added so much to the comp last year and given... 
fingers crossed we have a longer comp, twice the, twice the length this year as last, um, it would be spectacular to see them for six games instead of two or three. So yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Well, Tiana Penetani made a good point. Like, um, if they were, like, if the NRLW were, like, I guess putting them under the same contract as the Sevens girls, I think the competition would be a bit, like, a little bit more elite. You know, Definitely. Like, I think they they proved that last year. Yeah. And I think the clubs will have watched last year that these girls are coming in and bearing in mind with COVID bubbles and everything, very weird preparation for them. It would be unlike a, you know, four-week preparation to go into a six-round comp in 2021. So there's no reason. I think they proved last year that they can handle it and they're good enough. Mm. So I think <clears throat> clubs will not be shy in picking them up if they can. And there's no reason why they can't play NRLW and continue with their sevens career because I'm not sure the World Sevens is picking up anytime soon. Nah, doubt it. Because of uh, COVID around the world. So at least for this year, I'd say it's a definite. Yeah. Hope so. That's right. The women's, the Maori women's all-stars well, team was outstanding. How good were they? Goodness gracious. Well, well they wow. went 24-0 uh, up against a star-studded um, Indigenous it all-stars is. team yeah. and the, the Maori girls were outstanding. Racine McGregor, the 5-8th, was terrific. They had good players all over the paddock. I think they blew them away. Uh, McGregor, the the captain. Yeah, she was good. That's what I just said. Did, yeah, no, I thought there was. I know it wasn't in I the car. You said another McGregor. I said Racine, but oh. there were other McGregors. There was Paige McGregor who came on. She's an Australian rugby yeah, seven that's, player. That's who I thought you said. She scored a try running. <laughs> she scored a try running off Racine, her sister. And there was Corbin McGregor playing for the Indigenous side. Oh no, she was in the no, Mariels does too. Yeah, that's Corbin the centre. So at one point, for when Paige McGregor scored, it went from Racine McGregor to Corbin McGregor to Paige McGregor. Easiest try I've ever called in my life. <laughs> <laughs> McGregor, McGregor, McGregor. Yes. See, <laughs> maybe you're the goddess of the gates. No, nah, 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 he wishes. No, nah. I wish. I wish. Well, uh, man, thank you so much for jumping in the studio with us today, Andrew. Uh, can't wait to. Uh, hear more of you on um, uh, Grandstand Sports. Yeah, Radio Australia. Radio We're Australia. broadcasting games throughout the go. Pacific all year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for you, buddy. It's all right. Uh, hopefully we can get you back into the studio sometime later on in the season. To, yeah. Do you know what? I'm available for you boys anytime. Woo! See? So, there you go. The so, go to the go just said that. All I can say is Vanaka Vakalevu oh. and Mode. Thank you, Ratu. So culture right now. <laughs> so I feel it. <laughs> Thank you. Pass we'll the caramel. Can you be more Pacific with Rock and Cav on ABC Radio Australia? Oh my God. Can you be more Pacific with Rock and Cav talking all things sport across the Pacific? Still to come, our top five and checking in with Vanuatu. Hey Rock, do you know what time it is? It's currently 3.45. No, 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 no. Do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's top five! Oh, oh my God! <laughs> is the air gone up in here? It's, it's so hot. Zaka, 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 Zaka. Ooh, take it away, take it away. Now, guys, seeing as it is International Women's Day on Monday, we are celebrating female sporting heroes, athletes, coaches, refs, admin, taxi drivers, TikTokers, and all the women that participate in making our sport great. 
Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I had to add TikTokers in there because, you know, TikTok's like a sport these days. Oh, man. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, guys, it's not going to be our top five, actually. We're just going to uh, extend it to top <laughs> infinity. Infinity. That's it. Because That's shout it. out to all the women out there that yeah. make the world great. Yeah, we have a little list at the moment of the women that we'd like to honour, the women that have been a part of this show and that are also a part of sport in the Pacific. At the top of our list was Dika Toa. Uh, now she's a PNG weightlifter, weightlifter yep. mother of two, and also uh, vying for her chance to be in the Olympic team for the third time. So Third time. Yeah, so big ups to Dika. You know, hope she, she makes the team. So good. Um, our next... Is Filoy Eniliko. Yeah. Yes, Filoy Eniliko has made a name for herself in, in Samoa. Samoa. Yeah, so she's breaking all those um, stereotypes uh, of, of male coaching, and she has become one of the first female coaches uh, or rugby coaches over there in Samoa. Yeah. So big ups to Filoy. And being successful over there as yes, well. So shout course. out to Filoy Eniliko. And next one is Louisa War, who is a former rugby uh, union player in New Zealand and is also an MP for Manurewa in New yes. Zealand. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Amazing. How, how good is that? She could play rugby and also jump into politics. So Damn. good. So how good. good. Our next one is Tiana Penatani. Yes, Look, Tiana. For uh, a young woman her age. Her age, yes. She's done, not even 30 yet. She's, oh, right? She's not even 30 yet. Yeah. Who's done so much for the sport, both... Rugby league and, and rugby, rugby union, yep. In sevens. In sevens, yeah. She's accomplished so much. She's also know. branched out into the media. Yes. Yeah, and she's worked obviously behind the camera and on the on the radio. Yes, and also working on that Pacific sports show. Yes, so we will also be a part of that. So keep an eye out for that, uh, guys. And uh, yeah, moving on is one of our friends. Yeah, we call her friends, one of our homegirls, Aaliyah Green. Uh, yeah, so later on... Um, I'm going to be running straight at her, I think. <laughs> so uh, I've been dreading it. My stomach's been turning for the last couple of weeks. She's just a pure athlete, eh? Yeah. She's so good. Look, earlier, one of the first Fijian Australian to win gold. A massive achievement of there. Of course, And of also course. just, you know, just her as an athlete yeah. is oh, just second to none. Moving on to Moa Laloifi, who plays for Carlton. In the AFLW, uh, she's ripping it up, you know, obviously uh, representing for all Pacific Island women out there in AFLW. You know, you don't only have to play uh, rugby or rugby league. Yeah, exactly. There's also AFLW and she's excelling in that. And also the Fijiana women's sevens team. So they were the first Pacific Island team to qualify and represent the Pacific Island in uh, the Rio Olympics. And uh, yeah, they were one of 12 teams in the world to qualify it so you know that's a true testament to pacific island uh, women you know it's, it's not only new zealand that can make it if fiji exactly. can make it then hopefully if tonga samoa cook islands they can follow suit too yes uh, and we also have uh hannah bennett yep yeah hannah bennett is a uh, former uh, professional surfer who's now an environmental yeah. activist yep uh, living in Fiji at yeah. the moment, and she well, climate, does yeah, climate change. She does that. so much for Fiji and yeah. uh, the climate change uh, movement. So big, yeah, big well. ups to uh, all the women that we've mentioned. Uh, they've uh, been a part of our show, uh, and also, and we hope to have them on our show in the future as well. But uh, yeah, and speaking of um, women in your lives, uh, do you have any stories of your mum, uh, Rock? Like a, a story that is, uh, you know, that. Uh, brings back good memories. Yeah, shout out to my mum, uh, uh, Mary. Yeah. 
Uh, Mary's her name. Uh, she's oh man, she's amazing. She's been there. She she um okay. First and foremost, this is this is fact. She's the first Pacific Islander hairdresser in Australia. Yes, first that is pac- facts. First Pacific Islander hairdresser in Australia. She came in with little to no money, no experience in hairdressing, and just made a name for herself. And uh, she's cut hairs from Sting. She cut Sting's hair mm. at one stage. The wrestler or the singer? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what? That's a good question. Nah, the singer, of course. Sting. And also, um, she also did, uh, you know, Marsha Hines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, her daughter. <laughs> Danny Hines. Oh, Danny Hines. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Danny yeah. Hines is such a character. And the watermelons. <laughs> oh, the rockmelons, actually. The watermelons. The rockmelons. Danny Hines. That was her group. Yeah, so she done all that and accomplished so much. And then, uh, obviously, I came to Australia and she stopped her work just to look after me. And you know, help me help me pursue my career and whatever I wanted to do. And so, shout out to Mary, my beautiful mother. And also, I want to give a big shout out to Lorraine Tonga. So, Auntie Law, yeah, Auntie Law's been a big deal in my life. She's taken me everywhere around New South Wales. She's just that type of auntie, just you know. Yeah, and she's she's a cool auntie, and she represents Fiji in judo. Exactly. See, she's such a cool auntie. Uh, One story with um, Auntie Law is um, she took me. To one of her games in Eastwood, I was probably maybe eleven or twelve, and I, and she was like, "Here's a couple of uh, hot chips and drinks. You just sit there and watch Auntie play." And then I was watching her play, and then she was in the ruck, right? And this girl pushed her, and then she she looked up. I was like, "Oh, what's happening here?" Left hook, left uppercut, left right, one two, one two, one two. She got sent off, and I saw her from the other side. She put her head on the hands on her head, like, "Oh no, no, no!" And I was like, "Oh, what's happening there?" She ran all around the field. She goes, Joe, I'm sorry about that. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Auntie Law. Gotta love her. Auntie Law. Nice. And you, Cab? Huh? <laughs> oh, yes, my mum. Yeah, big shout out to my mum, Anna. If you're listening to this, I know you're not. But uh, yeah, no, uh, just a little story. Back in, I think it was like 91, my dad was contemplating retiring because he was like getting old and injured. So he came back to the village and told my mum, they asked me to play for Fiji in the World Nines or whatever, which was in Queensland. And he goes, I don't want to play because too injured. And my mum goes, you know, just go for one last time. After this, then you can come back, retire and then just work in the village. So he went, comes back with an offer to play for the Bulldogs, 1995. He ended up signing the contract and yeah, fast forward and here we are now in Australia. So if it wasn't for my mum being the backbone of the family. uh, Shout out to Auntie Anna. Wow. So yeah, I guess every every man has a strong woman, uh, you know, holding him up. So yeah, Yeah. big shout out to my mum. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. We're going to change up the pace a little bit. Uh, last week, we spoke to Andrew Lapani about the Team Up program. Yeah. And our reporter on the ground in Vanuatu, Melissa Fare, went to the launch. Uh, let's find out how it went. Hello, Algeta. This is Melissa Fare, and I am happy to be back on Can You Be Pacific with more sport news from beautiful Vanuatu. On Thursday, March 4th, we launched the Australian Government's Sport for Development program in the Pacific, which is called Team Up. Um, Team Up supports 30 sporting partnerships in the Pacific, and six of these sporting partnerships are in Vanuatu with Vanuatu Cricket, Vanuatu Hockey, Vanuatu Football, Swimming Vanuatu, AFL Vanuatu, and Vanuatu Volleyball. In true Vanuatu fashion, the launch was very eventful as we competed with the waves, rain, and extreme wind from Tropical Cyclone Iran to get the launch done. 
since then, we've had tsunami warnings. We've had earthquakes, uh, tropical cyclones, another uh, depression that is we're hoping would not form into a cyclone. And now we've also got two confirmed COVID cases in quarantine. Um, and we're hoping that it stays in quarantine and does not go into the communities. And our health authorities have been doing a great job at identifying, keeping the people who have uh, been confirmed uh, to have COVID in quarantine and treating them and making sure that they are ready to come out in the community. Um, anyhow, this has not stopped sport in Vanuatu and celebrations for the Team Up launch and International Women's Day is well underway. And we are celebrating the leadership of women in sport in Vanuatu. At the launch, I've had the opportunity to speak to uh, Debbie Masavakalo, who is the president of Vanuatu Volleyball, about the significance of uh, the team-up launch on their Volley for Change program. And I've also had the opportunity to speak to Margaret McFarlane, who is the president of the Vanuatu Paralympic Committee. And I also had the opportunity to speak to Hannah Tamata, who is a social impact and inclusion manager for uh, Vanuatu Cricket's gender-based violence programs and cricket for development programs. First up, we have Debbie Masafakalo from the Vanuatu Volleyball Federation, who will be talking to us about the impact of the team-up launch on their Volley for Change program. We just launched the team-up program in Vanuatu. What is the significance of this program um, for volleyball and for the Volley for Change program, which is part of the team-up program? Yeah, the significance is huge. Uh, volleyball in Vanuatu is the only Pacific nation in the team-up program, so we're very glad that uh, Vanuatu is leading the way for volleyball and beach volleyball and also para-volleyball in the Pacific. So for the team-up program for Volley for Change, our program focuses on women in the community and rural areas especially and also para-volleyball, so that's sitting volleyball and standing beach volleyball. Vanuatu is the only country in the Pacific that is a member of the World Para-Volleyball Association. So, yeah, we're, we're leading the way and we... we just so glad that we can be ambassadors and pioneers for this program through the Pacific and we hope that it, it can branch out to other Pacific nations in the future. The launch of the program falls during the uh, celebration week for International Women's Day and International Women's Day this year is about empowering uh, women in leadership. Um, how is Volleyball and Volleyball Change going to celebrate that? Oh, we have a massive program. So actually we're partnering with the Vanuatu Australian Policing and Justice Program. So in Santo we'll be hosting on Monday the 8th, International Women's Day uh, Volleyball Tournament in Santo Luganville. And then on the Wednesday the 10th we'll be hosting the event in Port Villa. Also on Monday we'll be launching our IOC Olympic Solidarity Women in Sports Award program video. So yeah, we have a full-on action-packed uh, program to celebrate International Women's Day. Thank you, Thomas Debbie. And now we have Margaret McFarlane, the president of the Vanuatu Paralympic Committee, who will be talking to us a little bit about the impact and the significance of the team-up program on our para-athletes and para-sports in Vanuatu. Hello, my name is Margaret McFarlane. I'm president of the Vanuatu National uh, Paralympic Committee. We believe there's 15 to 27% of people in Vanuatu with a disability, often locked away in their homes, not included in the community activities. And of course, sport, as we know, is an amazing enabler. An enabler not only uh, for inclusion, but for better health, 
uh, greater self-respect and respect in the community. And of course, one of our biggest problems here in Vanuatu is uh, non-communicable diseases with one amputation a day, which gives us the highest amputation rate per capita in the Pacific. So it's so fantastic to see this multifaceted, multi-sport program kick off, not just for people with living with an impairment, but really inclusively for women, children, old people like myself um, and uh, people with health problems. It's amazing to see the power that sport has with um, being inclusive and sort of having positive change. And we are moving into uh, International Women's Day and the theme for that is uh, women in leadership. Um, you have, for the Paralympic Committee, you have some outstanding female athletes in there as well, para-athletes, who have been a source of national pride for Vanuatu at the sporting stage. What, what does uh, Vanuatu Paralympic Committee planning on doing to um, sort of support these women moving forward? So we just don't, Paralympic Committee doesn't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. Uh, we have a board of six, five of whom are women. Uh, yes, we are, have a very, very aggressive campaign to involve women in disability sport. And yes, uh, Ellie Enoch, Friana Quivira, Marceline Moley and others, we call them our change champions. And we say to families with are children with a disability who have got their children locked away at home. Look at these girls, look at what they've done and come out and let us help them change their lives and the lives of the families involved too. That sounds amazing and I, can't, I cannot wait to see some of these programs and also be part of these programs in the future. And now on to Hannah Tamada from Vanuatu Cricket that will talk to us a little bit about their Appeal Against Violence program that they are running under the Team Up program. My name is Hannah Tamata and my position is Social Impact and Inclusion Manager at um, Vanuatu Cricket Association. So my role is to manage the Social Impact and Inclusion program with um, Vanuatu Cricket. It's a very new program and it's uh, coming off from the old program which is Women Island Cricket program and now bringing in gender equality and gender-based violence messages into it. So that's how the, the new program is now called the Social Impact and Inclusion Program. So the Team Up Program, which is an Australian-funded program for sport in the Pacific, and Vanuatu Cricketers are fortunate to be part of that program as well. And the launch of the program happened on Thursday, March 4th. What is the significance of that launch in Vanuatu and for Vanuatu sports? It's an opportunity for women to advocate for women in sports, in the very different sports, sports that they are taking part in, for example, AFL, AFL um, Vanuatu cricket, um, beach volleyball, for, for women to take the lead role in um, implementing these programs. And it's also an opportunity for young girls to actually um, see that there is a future for them in different sports as well. I think for the launch to actually happen as a joint activity with the various sports is also good and brings leverage to all women in different sports altogether, not just focusing on particular sports that women can play in, but also bringing in the male-dominant sports that women are already participating in in Vanuatu. That sounds like an exciting opportunity for women's sport in Vanuatu. International Women's Day, the theme is women in leadership and with the hashtag choose to challenge, you are a woman in leadership, uh, especially at the Vanuatu Cricket Association. What do you have to say as a, as a woman in leadership, as a woman in sport as well? What do you have to say to women? Well, I think 
Um, firstly, I'd like to showcase that Vanuatu cricket has actually passed the way for women in leadership because we do have um, women on our leadership team in senior management uh, roles and currently our acting CEO is a female and, and I understand that that is the first ever in Vanuatu sports to have a female in that role and I think um, for us, for Vanuatu Cricket, we are pathing a way that women can be leaders not only in um, other sectors but also in sports as well. So um, I think for this year, um, International Women's Day, I'd like to challenge women to continue to be the active leaders that they are in their sports federation because they are opportunities for women to fill in higher positions in their sports. And if Vanuatu Cricket can do this, other fe sports federation can do it as well. Wow, I'm really, really excited for the team-up programs that are going to be facilitated through all the six sports. Um, we've only heard two of these sports and the Vanuatu Paralympic Committee. Uh, so I'm really excited to uh, see what the sports are going to put out, the inclusiveness of it, how these sports are going to be promoting women in leaderships and providing a safe and inclusive environment for everyone um, through their sports. And that's all the news for me for the Team Up launch program and uh, International Women's Day for this year in Vanuatu. And back to you now, Rock and Cav, and I look forward to providing more news uh, for Vanuatu Sports to you in the future. Thank you, Tomas. Tata. Wow. What a great initiative, man. Yeah. The Team Up program, it's a um, you know, perfect opportunity to, to grow. Of course. I think it's, it's a great thing, um, you know, teaming it up with, like, sports. You know, like uh, every Pacific Islander can relate to one thing in that sport. Yeah. Uh, it's faith and sport. Uh, we'll obviously keep you guys up to date with the program and um, we'll continue to have updates every couple of weeks or so on what's going on in the Pacific Islands. ABC Radio Australia, your home of rock and cap. All right, you guys, same time, same place next week. Yes, if you've missed the show or you just want to listen to the magic again, it'll be replayed on Friday, 2 p.m. PNG time. Or you can find all our episodes on the Radio Australia website. Yes, and don't forget you can check out that full interview with Andrew Moore on Radio Australia website. That's it. See you later. Time to go. Goodbye. Arigato. Bye Pacific, an ABC sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.